0: So, my friend Habib, thank you very much for agreeing to do this podcast with me. I don't usually do podcasts. Uh, I've decided to do a podcast with you. You've inspired me to do a podcast. Yeah. We're in the beautiful Cafe Is in Cork, which is the greatest restaurant of all time. Thank you. Um, absolutely. This is a big reason why it's the greatest restaurant of all time. Would you what what's your role here, Habib? Are you like chief, chef? Uh what's your what's your gig?
1: Uh I think you need to ask the owner because I'm literally everything is here. Yeah. He's
0: overworked, but I wouldn't say he's underappreciated. Yeah, yeah. Uh
1: I'm working as a chef here and the manager as well. <laughs>
0: You're also front-to-house yeah. manager. Yeah, back
1: area, <laughs> chauffeur, everything. <laughs> chauffeur. Everything. Everything.
0: So listen, man, we've got to know each other a little bit in the last few months and uh You know, I'm always very interested in what you have to say. And I suppose, as I've been saying to you and as as something I try to do in my sketches is that the portrayal of Palestinians we get in this part of the world is often skewed, I think. It's it's through a Western, often pro-Israeli occupation perspective. And uh, I would just love you to tell people listening what it's like to be Palestinian living in Ireland, what it's like to be, because you're from Gaza originally, so let's just even just start with gaza what's what was your childhood in gaza like if you could kind of describe it
1: yeah sure uh i was born in gaza in 1996 and uh that makes me feel old <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's just 27 years old and we we don't count ages like uh like uh regular people we we count our age like how many conflict that you left, like how many were that you left. So, uh, it started with uh, nineteen ninety six when my uncle shot by the Israelis soldier. Yeah, and then the the two thousand, uh, the intifada, the first intifada happened. Uh, no, the second one, sorry. Uh, and then uh two thousand four and two thousand six. 2007, 8, 9 and then the conflict and the war in Gaza in uh, 2012, 14 and then I left Gaza in 2016. So growing up in Gaza it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a good thing that you are, uh, you can say you are Palestinian but the bad thing is you are under occupation uh, and you know what what's, uh, a child is. Growing up under the occupation means. So so what did it mean to be under
0: occupation? So, So like say you're five or six years of age. You know, your first awareness of where you are and where you're growing up. Like I grew up in the south of Ireland. So I didn't feel like I was under occupation. I felt like I was free. Did you not feel like that when you were a kid? And how did you know you weren't free?
1: Because, you know, like there is a basic uh supplies for for people uh to to live like yeah. any other person in the world like travelling uh uh getting food education uh going like from city to another city in your country in your own country uh like to be from gaza you cannot go to jerusalem easily so, and you cannot travel to, to the world uh, because basically you don't have an airport. Uh, to be saved for 16 years, you're getting uh, your, your, like, food and water, electricity from the occupier. Uh,
0: yeah. On the airport front, I think I saw a headline on BBC recently that the airport in Gaza was never completed. What would you say to that?
1: Yeah, they know much, like more than us about everything and what's going on in Gaza. Because <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I was under the impression that there was an airport in Gaza and that it was it was
1: It was a, an airport in Gaza and established in uh, 1999. Uh, and then no longer until the Israeli bombed it. So, uh-huh. yeah, uh, it was uh, just only one trip from... I. I don't really remember yeah, when, yeah. but, but yeah, it was, fully it was for the president, uh, the previous uh, president of Palestine, Yasser Arafat, and then uh, they Yeah,
0: because I, rem- I could be wrong on this now, but there is the Irish Taoiseach at the time, Bertie Hearn, uh, who I wouldn't be a massive fan of generally, I would say, but uh, he did an awful lot of good work in the peace process in the north. And I think I remember reading somewhere that he had flown to that airport, he had used the Gaza airport when he was having uh conversations with the Palestinian Authority, and you know, I could be open to correction on that, but uh, but yeah, I just remember seeing in, in BBC recently that the that it had never been completed, and I suppose that would give the message to people in the West that there's something wrong with Palestinians, they don't set they don't tend to kind of complete tasks, or you know, isn't there a horrific quote from Ben Shapiro about like you know, they kind of just blow stuff up, you know. Were you aware of the outside world's perspective on Palestinians when you were a kid growing up in Gaza? Or did you, were you aware of world opinion or did you care about it?
1: Yeah, sure, because like uh, children under occupation, uh, when they got their education, uh, all of their education, it's about like uh, the conflict between Palestine and Israel. Uh, so you have to be aware Mm. uh of your like uh, of, of your issue and uh you have like you have to educate yourself about uh the conflict and what's the true story uh in your issue so all you have to know is uh what's 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 gone in palestine and what's happened and what's will happen in Palestine. So this is the education. So if you if you got your education about your 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 country and your home, uh, you'll know everything is going outside of the country, like the opinions and uh, the like what they are saying in the media and Western media about anything in Palestine, and you know what? Because like every media in the world standing against a Palestinian. Or standing with the the other side of the conflict yeah yeah uh you have to be aware and educate yourself like to talk about like to defend the issue uh and everywhere when you when you hear about something like uh against you or against your people,
0: so like we get the idea here um in Western media that you, that you guys in Gaza are brought up to hate Jews and to just love terrorism like is that your is that your perspective is that your memory of growing up
1: <laughs> no uh like basically in our religion in islam uh there's many stories about Jews since the prophet uh the prophet has neighbor. Neighborhood from Jews and they were like, What is the prophet doing? We follow him because right. you know he is the greatest person ever. And there is a customer here.
0: <laughs> you should see your man's face. I think you would have enjoyed it. And I was like, say if that was you, you right you now passing by somewhere. It's not open, like it says close, on the door. You're done at that point. So Habib, I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask you a few questions about growing up in Gaza without the questions being so serious or pointed about the conflict. Because I personally am fascinated by that. Like when you're a kid, what are you looking at? Where are you playing? What games are you playing? You know, what do your friends, what do you and your friends do for fun, right? But before we get to that, I'm going to ask you one, I was going to say one last serious question, but it's definitely going to be more. Um In the Western media, we're told young people in Gaza are brought up to hate Jews and love terrorism. Was that your experience as a kid in Gaza?
1: Uh, Before going to the Western media and what we are seeing about (laughs) the children in in Palestine. Uh, We are like any children in the world. Love football, hanging around with the friends and going to the sea swimming you hang out on spot. the beach of course yeah it's uh, 5 minutes from our house wow yeah it's easy uh yeah we have like we have favorite thing to do like uh cooking swimming playing football doing this stuff you know uh for the what they are saying about us uh about the children of palestine yeah that uh i just want to remind everyone about what uh prophet has says uh he has a a neighborhood from uh, their jews uh and they were so nice to each other so uh we grew up as like uh jews are like it's another religion that we have to respect like christian yeah as we have many christian and uh there were jews before 1948 Uh, christian muslims they are well they were living together uh we don't hate uh jews we just hate the the occupation yeah and we're looking for what to be like our country to be free so our issue is not with the jews it's with the Zionism that they are going to wipe out all the Palestinians. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. It wouldn't matter to you if Israelis were Protestant or Catholic or Hindu. It's about the occupation. Not it's about, about the occupation. Faith. Yeah.
1: Uh, they're looking, they're looking for uh, at us like as uh, a big religion, a big religious enemy but we're looking for them as uh, occupation mm. so it's not for us it's not about religion it's about freedom but they 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 count like as uh, a religious thinks that uh, all this land should be uh, a jewish country a jewish country and should be israel yeah doesn't matter which country it is jordan syria palestine egypt until uh, Iraq, it doesn't matter, mm. should be a Jewish country, more than being Israel, like this uh, Yehuda and Samira, as they are saying, not Israel, it's Jewish country. Wow yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, you know, there'd be friends of mine now in the north of Ireland that would have grown up under British occupation. And they would have been, they certainly would have felt that they were um, second-class citizens. Did you feel like that when you were growing up? And how were you personally restricted? So were the things that you wanted to do? So how old were you when you when you left, first of all? How old were you when you left Gaza? Uh, 20 years old. Okay. So you, you were a teenager in Gaza. Were there things that you wanted to do that you couldn't do because of the occupation?
1: Yeah. I didn't complete my university. I got just only the first year. And then I have no money to, to study there. My studying was English education. So I was dreaming to be a teacher as my surname is Alustaz. Wow. Yeah, my Alustaz means teacher. So my name is Habib Alustaz, which oh, means wow. uh, the teacher lover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you want to teach? English, right? English. We we do speak English there, so don't worry like as people like thinking that we are uh <laughs> we are not educated and <laughs> yeah, yeah. just speak in Arabic living in the deserts and uh, yeah, yeah driving uh donkeys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't you have one of the highest liter- literacy rates in the world or something yeah. I was reading recently, yeah. 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 It's funny there's a, another Palestinian friend of mine Talha, I'm not sure if you've met him but uh He's saying that people often compliment him on his english as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 I was
1: shocked and and this time like I'm seeing like many native English in Gaza, and that's really good for for what's going on um, yeah uh, yeah to explain the situation uh to to the people in the in the west in the west side of the world uh like mataz Al-Aziza, yeah. and pisan and uh and everyone who speaks English yes. there.
0: So take us back to the university. So you you did one year.
1: It's just one year, and then I left Gaza, yeah, because uh, you then, couldn't
0: support yourself. There wasn't the opportunities. No. What what can you do for what can you do? Like so, as a teenager trying to support yourself in university, what are your options workwise? What can you do?
1: There's many teachers uh, are teaching in the schools, but they don't get their money. They don't get uh, salary so your your goal is gonna be like uh like you know when you when know when you know that you you will not work and you're studying for nothing so you feel like uh disappointed and then you're just leaving you, you're you not you're not gonna pay money for 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 college or whatever to to get your education and then you're not motivated not, like no, yeah, yeah not motivated and you will not work you will not get uh, a job for work so and as there is many graduated people uh, in Gaza they're not working imagine if there is uh, more than 40,000 people the graduated and they they're not working so the options that you have think about it just leaving the country uh, and you have family to feed, and uh, you have to look after yourself, uh, after your goals. Because um, I was playing football there, and I was so talented. Uh, what position did you play? Uh, everywhere, as a midfielder. <laughs> <here, laughs> yeah, no, but uh, if you were playing for cafes, yeah, now you'd be in midfield. Yeah, you'd be in I goal. was. I was defender. <laughs> uh, and uh, wow, yeah. Uh, I was playing well, though. Wow. Yeah. And so what? So would you be restricted
0: as a sports person as well? You you wouldn't be allowed course, to yeah. leave.
1: Yeah. because I remember reading,
0: and uh, you you correct me if this is wrong now, but I remember reading about an athlete who I think he was possibly a marathon runner from Gaza, and he had trained to go to a, maybe one or two or maybe more Olympics, yeah. and he was never ultimately allowed. Leave he couldn't get the pa- he couldn't yeah. get the passes to leave. Yeah,
1: he's my friend by the way. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, his name is Baha and he Oh yeah. Yeah. His name is Baha uh, Al-Farra and he joined uh, the Olympics of London uh 2012. And then he couldn't leave, so Yes. When he left Gaza in 2016, he never be back. He is never back again to to Gaza. Why? Because when he got called for a competition, like international competition, so he kidding he couldn't get out from Gaza easily. Okay. So he is outside of Gaza, and when whenever he got called for for a competition, so he can't travel then. But when you are in Gaza and you call for like specific uh, competition or something like this, you need like at least 6 months to prepare your traveling to get a visa and to get through rafah crossing uh it's a long story for uh gazans people
0: and is it ultimately up to the the occupation of course yeah they, they they'll say thumbs up or thumbs down
1: of course uh mm. it's not like they are saying that Uh, there's the cross or the border between Egypt and Palestine but it's showing like this but it's literally under uh, the Israelis control well yeah
0: so I'm going to ask a stupid question now but you've got all these qualified people you know your high literacy rate, high university attendance uh, why don't or are they allowed uh go to israel can these people p- pick up positions in israel can they work in israel were Ga- were people in gaza allowed to work in in israel at some point yeah but yeah. not anymore
1: not anymore because you know after october 7th and uh the people who were there the they said that you are uh you're you were a big spy for of the of course, of, yeah. of uh, hamas yeah and but, but what about before october 7th though say when you yeah, were... there is many people like there might be many people were working there as uh, you know it's it's not allowed you to work if you are under 45 right. or 40 years old uh and you have to, like you need like to get more children uh of yourself if you have more children and uh, you are scared on them and they are secure that you are not going to do anything or yeah. danger on the, on uh, Israel, so they allow you to to work as a, a like a regular right. strange person. Yes, uh, but you 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 will never get your basic rights.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, you won't you be treated know, the you are, same.
1: You are one of the enemies anyway. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you're a second class citizen, yeah. even if you want but, to do that.
1: Yeah, but for like, I was. Like our traditional thinking of the working uh, in Israel, it's it's not okay. It's not okay to work in in the uh, in, uh, in, in the incub- in the in the incubation yeah. uh states that build on your brothers, friends, your family, buddies. Uh you know, it's it's uh, lots of a blood. Of course. It's a blood and it's a bloody country. Yeah. 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 So you're thinking about who got hurt from them, so then you will not, you will not, uh, join them, and you will feel like you are sharing them this, uh, uh these bad things.
0: Yeah. We touched on something at the start that I'd like to go back to. So you're growing up in Gaza, you're talking, about playing football, you're hanging out on the beach. But you're aware that you're under occupation, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. But well, you said earlier at the start, like, did you see family members and friends of yours had been killed of as course, yeah. as the wars, as these incursions were going on throughout the years? But how did that make you feel as, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but does that create a resentment within you for the occupation forces?
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to mention that they're talking about two solution, uh, two state solutions. Yeah. Uh it's a ridiculous thing that you are killing my my family members and killing my friends that I was hanging around with them. Uh and you just left me alone and then you are calling for a two state solution. It's uh fucking ridiculous things that you are telling me uh you're not calling for a peace and you are a terrorist person and but you just have killed my, my my whole people that I know, my whole community, my whole nation. You just wiped out all my neighbor my neighborhood and you just bumped my hospitals. You you pumped my schools and you pumped everything, literally everything. You pumped all my city. And then you calling me you are not with the B side and you're you're not you should call for two-state solution. I can't shaking hand with the occupation. Yeah. I can't. I can't call for peace. If I want to call for peace, we love peace. We love to live like everybody in the world. And we love to be like in peace forever. But I can't, like, honestly, I can't call for a peace with someone who killed my, my family, who killed my friends, who killed my whole life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Especially when it's going on now, yeah, it's not like you've had time to reflect in it or deal with the trauma, you know. Like I'm fascinated at, at the tr- the experience of trauma for someone who's grown up in a war zone, yeah. effectively. Yeah, like d- how how did you how do you carry that personally? How do you deal with it?
1: Uh, that is like it's not ideal actually because uh we we are, when you are out of outside of gaza uh strip and you 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 have a family there and you're working you have to work you have to do you have to live your life Yeah. but your people are struggling with this like imagine if you are a chef working as a chef you got your like you're making a food so easy while your people are hungry Uh, So, you cannot, you cannot handle that. You cannot carry it out. So, because, you know, I I can't, I can't describe this, uh, how horrific is it? Uh, People are hungry, uh, like they are dying for, for like a piece of bread or something. And, and you got this bread and water and whatever, easy. Yeah. So you cannot, you cannot handle that and you cannot look for, for, for who is uh, like fighting you as a good person or. Yes. Yeah, that's it.
0: Take me back to, so we'll, we'll move on through, you know, we've talked about your childhood and bring us up to the moment where you decide that you're going to go, you're going to leave Gaza and your process like both your process inside in your mind and then the actual physical process of getting out. Could you tell us a bit, a bit about that?
1: Yeah. Actually, when you are in Gaza, you don't know what airport mean. If you have traveled once uh, you and you see the, the other life, how it's looked like, and you are comparing the, your, uh, in your life in Gaza you feel like uh, sad because, uh, like, why do not leave like those people? We are deserved to be in, yes. in a good, in a good uh, country. I mean, like, not under occupation. Yeah. To be free and to get everything easy. Like your rights, easy. But when you are in Gaza, you feel like you have a dreams and you whenever you like travel you will got all your dreams but when you when you when you get out of Gaza it's absolutely different because the only thing you have to do it's feeding your family because your family like if not if, if there is no one in your family uh, is working you have to feed them because they don't have uh, the money. To, yeah. to, uh, they, there is no jobs to work actually, and uh, you have to feed them. You have to send money and uh, to to buy food and whatever for 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 themselves. And then you have to think about yourself. So your goals and your aims uh, for your fru- for your fu- future are gonna be on a side. After your family well, benefit
0: it's not so much about yourself, it's about providing, of course. Of course yeah.
1: yeah, and that's we got to use to, uh, to live it.
0: And so, when you left, was it difficult to actually get out to be of allowed? Course, go? Yeah. Sick, are you talking months again?
1: Yeah, process. Yeah, uh, in 2015, I was planning to go to Ukraine to study there. Uh, oh, yeah, and I paid. Uh, one thousand, twenty hundred euro, which is a big amount of money in Gaza. So you don't know how hard uh, I get. I got this money. Yeah. Uh, and I thank, I I thank my my dad for for this help. Uh, after like I printed papers going to the ministers uh doing uh interviews and i got the visa after maybe five months and then the fee the visa expired after 45 days unfortunately the uh, rafael crossing was closed was closed for almost a year and then uh, yeah the visa is gone and the money is gone and everything is gone yeah yeah how nice is it (laughs)
0: Do you go back to square 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 one there then like?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's really hard. Like it's really hard. You're losing everything and you cannot get out from from Gaza to your uh to your goal, uh to your college. Uh and you 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 took the money from your family to do that and you didn't get anything. But it wasn't your fault. It wasn't, but you take it still, on anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. still hard. And then I traveled to Turkey. Uh, I got a visa after 70 days or something. Uh, I I was in Turkey for, for a while. Uh, and then I start doing my my staff jobs and to send money to my family, to feed my family. So in that time till now, uh, I just started thinking about myself, uh, but still, Family is the first.
0: Yeah. So from possibly Ukraine to actually going to Turkey, how on earth then did you end up in Ireland? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Is that a separate podcast?
1: Wow, well, yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. not
0: looking for the juicy details that's going to get either of us into trouble. Yeah, but, I, but I'm telling but you, have you the country is... you going to Ireland? Uh,
1: to be honest, no. Yeah. But uh <laughs> I wasn't Turkey. It's just the only things uh about staying there to leave Turkey because there is no future there. I went Why? to Greece because like you're working to go to the work for the next day. Okay. Uh there's like no future and there is no like uh rights okay. to be there. Uh and then I left uh, to Greece by boat well wow. yeah it was the worst years ever wow. uh, i left in the camp in greece in the jungle for two years in a tent uh and then i left to switzerland for like a week and then france five months and then the journey for ireland to Ireland has begun. From <laughs> yeah, from France to Ireland. And then Ireland of oh. mahaga. <laughs> yeah.
0: guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I I
1: when I when I arrived to Ireland, uh I said uh I want to learn this language. As I As I know Turkish and some English, my English was so tired, (laughs) Uh, still tired, but I'm improving. Uh, My man. Yeah. Uh, Fluent. Yeah. Not really. (laughs) Thank you. But I tried to learn uh, Irish, but... uh, I just gave up in the first minute because it was really hard.
0: <laughs> well, you made more of an effort than probably half the Irish uh, population. Yeah, also. I'm
1: trying to do my best because you know uh, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not a main language in the, in the country. Yeah, and I hope it's gonna be the main language. Soon. So
0: do I actually? Yeah, and it's it's. I think there's something happening around the world about there's a sense of D. De- decolonization that's happening around the world and it's happening in Ireland as well. And I think actually what's going on in Palestine is uh, it's a watershed moment for particularly colonized countries. I really do feel like that. That's a hobby horse of mine now. So that's that's a tangent. But um, no, I want to ask you though. So let's fast forward a little bit because we genuinely will talk again about if you want to, about the experience of journeying to, to Greece and then Switzerland france and getting to ireland um but for now you you come to ireland and you're here how many years have you been here before it's like about two years you're saying yeah yeah. and you've got a great cork accent as well (laughs) i I would just like to say
1: yeah um yeah buddy (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's one of our own, (laughs) late
0: you know what i mean the babe's one of the boys (laughs) so you're in cork two years When October 7th happens, right? So, if you don't mind me saying this, just sharing a moment, I was on my way into a march here, I think it was about the third or fourth week because we've been marching and there's rallies in Cork every week. And I met you outside here and you brought me in, you made me a coffee. Yeah. And we had a nice little chat and we had a nice little moment. And I saw on your face just the trauma, I suppose. Um And it was very moving for me, you know, it was very, very moving for me. I realized that, you know, you're one of the big reasons why solidarity here means something. You know, the Palestinian community in Cork and Ireland, seeing people on the streets is significant. But first of all, what I'd like to ask you about that experience is your family are in Gaza, you're in Ireland. And I'm sure like most Palestinians you are on Telegram or you're on Al Jazeera morning, noon and night. What is that like worrying about your family whether they're gonna live or die when you're in a country all that all that far away?
1: Yeah. Uh in this situation, you know, we are just saying that we wish if we are there. Wow. Yeah, because you'll not be that worried about everything. You will die together and it's gonna be easy. But when you are here and you are thinking about them it's like your heart in in gaza but your body is here all you're thinking is about uh home and your brothers your memories and everything as you know my my house bombed wow yeah and actually the whole city is bombed <laughs> it's not even about a house but we just when you remember uh the The days that you lived there, and the friends the families, the trips every every memory in your mind, you just feel so sad and uh you cannot look forward forward the future uh about yourself and you know when whenever I do this drinking water like the whole movie from October 7 till now on my head when people in the queue trying hard to get their water and food and that's happened every time I go to drink water and eating a food so it's really hard it's really hard to be uh, outside and your family are literally dying there yeah
0: have family members um, or friends passed away since October 7th? Have they been killed?
1: Yeah, many of them. And there's lots of people. We don't know anything uh, about them since the October 7th. So it's almost maybe five five months, four months. We don't know any news about them. It's really hard. Like you're losing your friends, your, your families and your like... Everything the whole city with your people and really hard you cannot like i can't like I'm still in shock because I can't believe what happened and how barbaric are the israelis. How about your parents? are you in
0: daily contact with your parents or
1: that's never never i I the last time I called my dad was two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, actually for maybe five months now, and uh, I called my mom once for video call. So I saw her. I I saw her face once in five months. Imagine before the October seven, I used to like to call her every day, like to tell her about my my day and what did I eat and, like what's happened like what's going on in my day Uh, trying to explain and you know it's uh, many years I haven't seen them it's eight years haven't seen my family so I have to call them every day yeah you know you're just missing your family of course it's a it's a basic thing but forgive my ignorance but why why haven't you been in contact with your mother because, as you know, they they, they cut the connection yeah. in Gaza, so there is no internet, and there were an uh, a place. There's if you have a connection, there is a con. There is no connection in that place. Uh, yeah. Uh, whenever I want to talk to them, I uh, my my brother uh going for far like a little bit far away from their place uh to to tell me that they are okay they're still alive uh absolutely they are not okay uh under this of course bombs and yeah uh but they're still alive at least
0: have you considered going home
1: of course yeah for the first time like to be clear uh, i was thinking uh uh this is the last this conflict this were it's the last uh station of the 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 whole conflict since uh, 1948 and i always uh thinking to come back again to to do something to help my family to do yeah. something to be with them But I think that's never, like, it's really hard to, to, to have, like, to, to be there. As you know, there's no airports. Yeah. Uh, there's many, many, many problems uh, will face you to be there.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, it's powerful. It's powerful listening to you. Yeah. Do you feel so, so you're in Ireland and it's going on and you're you're going to work every day and you're trying your best to stay focused yeah, on work. Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, it's really hard, like, when you are in front of the house and you have to laugh, to smile for the customers. Yeah. But you have lots of your heart. So it's just, you have to smile and then... But you can't, you can't. Like, sometimes you can't. Yeah uh when when they bombed the hospital uh al ahli hospital and they killed over five hundred people i I wasn't shocked for for half an hour like couldn't talk so you see how hard to manage your life uh when while uh what's going on really hard to be like to live this situation. And you have to be smiling uh, for your customers, mm. and then your family are surrounded uh, by the snipers and uh, tanks and whatever. Really hard. It sounds like for me.
0: How's it going? <laughs> How are you, buddy? You're next. <laughs> 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 so what I was going to say to you there is like listening to you, it sounds almost like maddening that it sounds like yeah. you're insane or something or or that the world is insane more like that. Yeah. Do Do you feel like, you know, it's it's almost like a version of madness that this thing is going on to your people and your family and your friends. And yet the world largely is still going about its business and not being too affected. Does it make you feel mad? Does it make you feel angry? How does it make you feel?
1: Uh, All of the above, everything. <laughs> I don't know what to say because uh, I, I'm not like I'll not mention the the Western community. I'll just want to mention the 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 Arabs communities. Yeah. Uh, really sad to see how people are busy in their business, and it's not even like. Uh, like, you know, uh, a really important business. It's like festivals. Yeah. Uh, parties. Having fun, like. Having yeah. uh, fun, ridiculous, like, reasons. And you're dying. And there is another, like, there is a, a community are dying. And there is a, a genocide happening uh, on the other side of the, in the world. But the other side, like, u s a and european uh community yeah i i i'm I just like i can't imagine uh in this life how how bad they are they have like a people like this uh with this hypocrisy and like you like there is a genocide uh happening in gaza and you see all the videos. You are we are in like we are in twenty twenty four. Yeah, and everything is like the the who who is dying in Gaza. They he's filming himself when when he's dying. There is no acting. There is like everything is real. So, and do you see that? And then you you still still standing uh, and funding and supporting the the other side like Israel. You still uh funding them with the weapons and money and this stuff. So you feel like disappointed. I you couldn't believe this world again. Yeah. With anything like or any organization in this world, like uh international law or uh, international community and their organizations. I couldn't I I'll never I will never ever believe this. Yeah. The has
0: change now for for good you think yeah
1: because basically like like what what happened in the in the international community when they voted for a ceasefire and then they said uh USA voted no we we couldn't call for a ceasefire and then when when they have a when they have a when they got questioned and asked for for the humanitarian issues and mm-hmm. problems in Gaza they say we we don't we don't look for for uh we are just we tell we told Israel to avoid killing the civilians and uh okay it's like it's easy like if you if you want to avoid killing civilians stop the war
0: yeah yeah stop providing the weapons for the war yeah call for
1: ceasefire yeah. that's it it's easy yeah. but don't do, don't say something, and you're doing something Exactly, else. man. Exactly. Yeah. So how how could you believe this? How how could you believe these people mm. who claim that they are the pro-humanity? We are uh, pro-humanity, pro speech freedom. The, uh, we are with the human rights, and it's fucking shit.
0: <laughs> so, That's yeah. it, they
1: are they are liars, you know. I'm I, like when I'm watching the TVs. Sometimes I close the TVs because I couldn't handle what they are saying. They are liars, like yeah. they are a big liars. And and the the reasons that that they are uh, justifying is it's so ridiculous. When I think you filmed a video, the difference between the conflict and between Ukraine and Palestine. Yeah. And you're uh, a Western man from from Europe. So you know what's going on. And you see the, the, the lying that they are climbing. And how do you want me to feel about this? Yeah. Imagine if you are one of them and you see that. How do you want me to feel like when I see this lie? It's, it's, uh, it's uh, ridiculous. Like, I find
0: it ridiculous. I find it infuriating. I can only imagine what's going through your head when you're looking at it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just like (laughs) I was thinking to call my family to to paint their heads, to change their eyes to blue, (laughs) to look like uh, Ukrainian people.
0: Well, actually, I spoke to a Ukrainian in London who agrees with you 100 percent. And he's Ukrainian. He was like the double standards in the West is just laughable. Yeah, just double That's standards. From a Ukrainian like, perspective.
1: like especially John Kirby, if you know him. This man is like uh, a dog. He's a dog. He's a motherfucker. <laughs> I hate him so
0: much. Sean, we're gonna have to cut a lot of this out. Okay, I'm only yeah. joking, man. No, we'll cut nothing out. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Uh you know what? Like when he, yeah, really, when he I'm described the RC, situation, like, you know. yeah, when he describing the the situation in Ukraine, he's like, oh, "We are sorry." <sighs> he acting very bad yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, oh, their people is dying. The people are dying in Ukraine. And <laughs> oh. okay, for the for Palestine, we are now we gonna gonna be messy. Uh, civilians are gonna be killed. But it is what it is. Should we so, be laughing like? Uh,
0: I don't know anymore.
1: <laughs> so, that means John Kirby, the Palestinians are not a human being. Yeah. But the Ukrainian are human. I'm not with any war happening against uh, the countries and poor people. So, I'm not uh, uh, like, I'm with the Ukrainian people. Uh, of course, we all are. I'm against the war. And I'm against any conflict, but I'm like I don't want to see any double standards exactly. You want so,
0: equality you want quality, parity.
1: justice, and yeah. that's it, man. Don't be like don't be clown when you say I can't like them. <laughs>
0: we are like we all know. Tune into the next impression where there'll be more next episode I should should say where Habib will have more impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Can I finish by asking you one question? what's your hope because you have articulated beautifully
1: ceasefire now your
0: frustrations so okay your hopes for your for your country and your people but what's your hopes for habib as well tell me those two things please so for palestine for gaza
1: to reunion with my family to see my family again i mean when i say my family now uh it's not the, the all, like my my family members only my family means like, like the two million and three hundred thousand of Kazan see they're all my family now, and I care about every single one there. I want them to be free to get their foods uh to get their water easy as the other people around the world. I just want them to be in peace and they got their dreams like whenever they are happy and free I'll be happy and free this is my hope I don't want anything else now nothing nothing I just want to stop this genocide so what like we are talking now yeah there's a people dying now yeah there are people hungry There are people uh, are starving uh, thirsty they're looking for a piece of bread we're talking now. There's people struggling, uh, so I just want this to stop now, and that's it. And I don't want anything else. I just I will be happy forever. I don't I don't want God to to well my all dreams. I I just want this happen to to stop this genocide, and that's it. And Palestine will be free one day. We know this. We are. Confident about this, that Palestine will uh, free until the last person uh, of Palestine. He will fight for this, and the resistance. By the way, it's a, it's a right, not a terror. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, and thanks for having me as well.
0: Pleasure. Thanks, Sean.